Welcome to The Unfiltered Map. I'm Elizabeth Lewis, and alongside some of my dearest friends, we've created the show so women have a space to have unfiltered, extremely raw, and insanely real conversations. Nothing is off limits here. This space is for moms who want to talk about everything, to dive into conversations we all deeply desire to have, but fear what others may think of us. This is your invitation to pull up a seat in a judgment-free zone and have a little heart-to-heart. Now, let's get unfiltered. In today's episode, we're diving deep into societal norms when it comes to careers or being a stay-at-home parent. We're getting on filter about all the judging people do to one another about careers, the pressure of society to be seen as stable and making a ton of money in order to be, in quotations, successful, and how this is definitely not the case for everyone. At this point, how can we shift the way that society views success so that we do not have to feel guilty for following a different path? And also, how do we stop the shaming and judging surrounding our own choices? How can we rewire our minds to think positively about these changes instead of focusing on the negative? And most importantly, when we follow what really, truly fills our heart and soul, we won't have to worry about what anyone else thinks of our choices. So if you're ready to have this conversation, pull up a seat and let's get unfiltered. Welcome to The Unfiltered Mom. I'm your host, Elizabeth Lewis. And this week we're talking about societal norms when it comes to your job or what society deems successful or, oh my God, you've made it type thing. And I actually, as as a coach, you know, one-to-one, I have one-to-one clients as a mentor, whatever you want to call me, um, an umpteen amount of things in the entrepreneur space. I hear it a lot from women and a lot of women really afraid to leave their jobs or they stay in the same job because of the fear of what other people will think about the job that they choose. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff around, like, I know people that, you know, become doctors, become nurses, become lawyers, become something that they deem or their family deemed prominent. Like, oh, you arrived if you're a doctor or if you're a lawyer or things like that. And they're absolutely miserable. But society's like, oh my gosh, keep going. You make so much money. You're a lawyer, you're a doctor, you're, you're anything. Right. And so I know that was a big piece, you know, it's kind of speaking on my own experience leaving the hospital, I remember going into my boss and she goes, are you excited to come back from maternity leave? And I was like, well, actually I'm here because I, I just want to let you know, I think I'm actually going to quit. And she goes to do what? And I said, well, I'm thinking I'm going to, at this point, I had Detroit mom's blog and it was Detroit mom's blog at the time because that's kind of, you know, blogging was really big. And she was like, you know, you're about to get a big promotion. I go, well, well, well I was, okay. And then she goes, so what are you going to do? Leave a really good job to go do a little blog? <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Well, then obviously I second guessed myself the whole way home. We had like a whole conversation around it. And obviously a lot of my identi- identity was wrapped up in working in surgical and running radiology and doing billing and, you know, working with doctors and all this stuff. And so that was a really hard transition for a lot of years because 
even up until the day. Now, actually, my mom didn't even know when she died what I did. She had asked me literally every time, Elizabeth, tell me, tell me again what it is. What do you do again? This is like That's uh, the whole entire time, you guys. It's isn't it? Yeah. She just she just literally had no clue, and so I think that there's. I know we are talking about this book. You were just kind of mentioning. I'll let you kind of tell people like where your part is in this or how you felt as you kind of navigate a lot of different things. But what are your thoughts around this when it comes to your own stuff, you know, being a therapist? Because I think it's a pretty cool job. <laughs> Thank you. I No, I love my job. I think there was a different type of notoriety when I belonged to a group practice. I think uh, people view that as more stable, maybe more legit, that a group practice provides some sort of checks and balance that, you know, you can't have otherwise. And a lot of people have this misconception that the collective that I helped start and I'm a part of that I own, right? And I think when people hear that I don't, there's almost this like, oh, it's like, what does that mean? Uh, oh, like what is that? Because in my mind, I feel like we created something super awesome where we're not financially tied to one another, but we still share a lot of the back end, like admin stuff. We have different roles and we have that camaraderie, but we don't have to kind of muddy the waters in our relationships with finances or asking someone if they can take time off or their kids sick and they have to cancel their whole day. Like everyone is really autonomous in that. So for me, like, I was like, no, we created something super cool. This is awesome. And they're like, oh, you don't own like a practice. Like I thought you owned that. I'm like, no, like, does that make me less legit? Like I'm my own LLC, you know, like I'm doing my own thing. Like I your have own, but your own LLC is your own pra- like business. Right. But it's just me. Right. Like they thought that I like ran Detroit Counseling Collective and all those people were like under me and it's not as cool or as legit because that's not what it is. So it's just, it's really interesting Mm -hmm. navigating as, you know, a small business owner, entrepreneur, whatever you want to label it as, um, that people, if you've created it, I don't know, sometimes people kind of discredit it. I definitely feel that. I still work in quote unquote, I guess you could say like corporate. I don't, well, I do work for a for profit company for sure. And I've always worked for nonprofit or government. So it's very different, like working in the space for a for profit now. But I still get to do the same work and and consult with government, which is really cool. and I had goals to like get there. Like I really wanted to work at the national level and, and I got there. Like, but people, like I even had some friends that said, you're, you're 35. Like once you go national right now, like what next? Because you're 35, you're going to be there and just stay there. I was like, no, I'm going to see what, like where I can expand and, and help other people and make big systemic change somewhere else, like up here, like there's a lot of work to be done. Um, and 
It's interesting, though, because I do get a little bit of pushback or discredit for I do own two LLCs um, and they're like, well, you're a small business owner, but eh, you don't really make that much. So like you don't have like a brick and mortar for your lettering. You don't pay a ton for advertising or anything like that. Like a lot of my stuff is word of mouth right now. It's interesting how, you know, people deem whether or not you're successful based on how much money you make, because I'm in this weird position where, well, it's not weird. And I think it's actually really common when I worked for someone else. Like I made way less than my own LLC. Like I make way more money being out on my own. So it's like, well, what, what is that line of, it's legit if you make X, you know, and f- depending on who you talk to, that number is going to be drastically different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what kind of lo- like work you do too, right? Really depends. I'm in a human service field. I don't expect to make millions of dollars as a social worker. That's just not going to happen. Right. <laughs> right. Right. But we can find some other avenues to slide some things in. Like I do training and consulting and things like that. Like I'm also, again, not going to be a millionaire or anything like that. Very well aware. But am I stable and lived in like better house than I ever have in my whole life and like able to afford food <laughs> like unlike yeah. when I was growing up yeah and I'm okay with that like that's okay with me I don't know yeah so one of the things that I'm coming to realize is my enough number I'm learning to how do they say run your own race and learn what my markers of success are And that took a while because when I first got into the entrepreneur game, it was a lot of bro marketing. You know, let me get you to your first 5K or your first, you know, six figures. I'm sorry, not five, but six figures. Let me get you. Like it was all based on amounts, how much money you made, how big your team was. For some reason in this particular climate and country, how much you got tends to be the quantifier of how legit you are. And sometimes like one of the traps I got into was I scaled, I scaled like super fast and I was making the five, six figures and I was exhausted as fuck. I hated the thing that I said I wanted to do to serve other people. And I burned out. I went back and got a nine to five. I'm like, shit, if I've got to work this hard, I might as well like at least know that from nine to five, this is all I got. And so I really had to go back in and start to create my own vision of success, get some new coaches, get some new team people. Like I had to, I had to re-envision what that was for me and really think about what it was for me. Because it it just seems like in this climate, well, like Brooke, if you were to say, yes, the collective is mine, and you know, these are the people that work under me, for some reason people feel like, like, oh, like Brooke is now the junk and she's girl boss hashtag Mm -hmm. and versus Brooke is still girl boss hashtag because she is operating her own business deal. She's still operating and serving people and helping clients. That's a boss move to do that on your own outside of like, I don't think people get how hard it is to work outside of a bigger organization on your own. Like that, I think deserves more, you know, street creds than, Sometimes I work a nine to five. Well, yeah, you work a nine to five, but you have the secretary that does all the ordering. You've got um, 
this person that runs the meeting. You got this person that sends the financials in. Like you have all these different people to plug in these spaces. But when you're by yourself, you have all the hats, coats, shoes. You got all that stuff on. And I think whatever capacity you're in, celebrate that shit. Yeah. Well, and I think two people, you know, equate like more passive income as, as more success, right? Like if I had people underneath me and they were creating money for me, that's more successful. I don't want that headache. I don't ever want to own a group practice. I don't ever want other therapists under me. That is not for me. It's just not like, I like me, myself and I, and doing my thing and I know what I want and I'm happy with where I'm at. So that's not even a goal. Right. And I think a lot of people view that as, okay, well, that's going to be your next step. And that'll be like success. I'm like, no, I don't want to deal with people. People are hard. (laughs) Managing people is really hard. I've been in those capacities. I have no desire to do that again. I'm too tired. I manage tiny humans at home all day. Like I don't want to manage adults. They're worse. I'd rather manage a toddler. (laughs) That's the truth. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true though. Like I just, my most recent position before this, when I came from like, uh, DEI management and HR. And it wasn't the DEI work that was challenging. It wasn't the HR part of hiring or protocol that was challenging. It was the managing the people part that was challenging because I just straight up had people that were like, I ain't going to do that. I just not going to do your job. And then when you go to like someone above, they're like, well, they've been working here for 20 years. So You'd have to do this, 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 and this, and this before you can even write them up. I'm like, because you let them get away with it for 20 years, now they can do whatever the fuck they want and just like free ride and get their paycheck every two weeks. That's some bullshit when we're out here trying to make some systemic change and make difference. And you work in children and families. Like, if you don't do your job, you're like affecting people's lives. Mm. (laughs) But I I digress. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that is the difference too, though, when you have people that work in corporate who this is this kind of where I'm at. It's not necessarily like managing the people because to me, it's man, it's harder managing people in a corporate setting because of all that, the legalities, the paperwork, the this or that, like when you own your own business, it's not that way, right? Like you can say this, these are the, this is what we're doing. And I think a lot of it starts with the communication because even I think when people go into corporate settings, like they don't actually tell you what it's going to be like or what you're going to exactly be doing. Like, I feel like there's a lot of pieces that are left out about the work environment or, you know, actually getting time off and things like that. Whereas when you work for yourself and that's the thing, you know, I think you said it, you said it, Brooke, you know, it's, I think it is really hard when what's acceptable and what people see dollar signs behind is a job that's corporate. Whereas like somebody, like you said, you make more money working for yourself and having your own, you know, just being your own entity of your business. And I feel the same exact way. And also there's a lot of things that come with it, right? Some people love going in and punching a nine to five, but I don't even know if they love it. I think it's comfortable and they're used to it and they're going to bitch and complain for the rest of their lives about everything else and judge what everybody else does because they don't have the courage nor the will to risk what the other side of it gets to look like. And, and, and I hear it, I hear it all the time. 
And and sometimes it just bothers me so much because people are like, well, I have to feed my family. I have to do this. It's like you do. And also there's this other side of it. There's things that you can do to make money to feed your family. And I don't know about you, but if for some reason I had to, yeah. to work little side jobs just to figure out how to get my own business going, I would 100% do that because I'm not going to work for somebody else ever again. I'm not giving somebody else my time, my freedom, the ability to raise my children. You know, I've said it, I've said it before on here. When I was still working for the hospital, do you think they would have said, mm. hey, babe, you go ahead and you take off three months while you are fucking disaster when you because you found your mom? Do you think the hospital is going to be like that? Absolutely not. They would have gave me a weak bereavement. If I was lucky, my boss maybe would have said, it was your mom, we'll give you two, but it's going to be your PTO, babe. That's what they would have said to me. So like, you know, people assume that when you are an entrepreneur, that your husband makes a lot of money, that there's this, that there's that. And that's not always the case. Like my husband had to work three jobs. It was a decision we made so that I could raise my family. And also looking back, like I watched my dad work his whole entire life, his whole entire life. And he literally sat on the couch. I remember walking in the door and I was running from this place to this place, just, you know, trying to pay for our wedding, trying to do this, picking up all these jobs and working at the hospital at the time. I think I was a student and I just moved into, I think I was working, doing rotation, like a midnight rotation. And he was sitting with the kids and I think it was only Harper at this point and Lauren. And he said, you know, Elizabeth, you're going to work your whole entire life and have nothing to show for it. He's like, I missed out on your whole entire life. And it's true. I have no memories of my dad. And I think that that's the thing is like, we always forget this piece that it's like, yes, we have to take care of our children. And also we don't have to live in the big ass house. And also we don't have to feed our kids organic. Like, come on now. We literally, the environment is a walking, like there's exhaust everywhere, but we're so worried about put what we put in our bodies. Like if we have to sacrifice for the short period of time, because everything's temporary in order to run our own businesses to have time freedom, to be with our kids and all those things, I would take that any day and and not give a shit what people said because people had a lot of opinions. Well, and we've got to expand what taking care of our kids even means, right? Because if you are putting food on the table and putting a roof over their head, but you're miserable and you're snippy and you're yelling at your kids all the time because you hate your job so much and you're so stressed out, who are you really helping? Because they're not going to remember mm-hmm. if they had like McDonald's or a gourmet steak. They're going to remember that you came home and yelled at them while you were trying to make dinner. It's we, We've got to do a better job at defining those things because our happiness trickles down into our children. And it also sets them up for what their adulthood and pursuit of career is going to look like too. Are they going to have this mindset that you just hate your life and that's just kind of what it is. You have to hate it. Or are you showing them that, okay, yeah, maybe you've got to grind a little bit here or make some sacrifices there, but you can find purpose in what you do. You can enjoy what you do. Those things are attainable. Yeah. Well, I think that go ahead, Kanisha. I just want to say, like, I know we started, I want to rope this conversation back. <laughs> I know we started this conversation talking about societal norms and things like that and essentially status, right? Because 
holding positions like doctors, nurses, uh, even teachers in reality, right? Like teachers or whatever the case may be, even though they get paid shit is deemed successful and worthy. So I think that's kind of what we're getting at is this, this, this place and kind of bringing it around to all these people that talk shit about entrepreneur, not even talk shit, but look down all these people that look down on entrepreneurs or women who run their own businesses or whatever they get. Cause I don't know. I hear people say like, Oh yeah, he has his own business, blah, 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 stuff. It's like, why is it so different? Like a guy owns a business and it's like, well, he owns his own business. Okay. Um, anyways, but I just kind of want to, I, I wanted to, to really say that is like the conversation really is that we're having is like, this is societal norm. And and why it leads people to stay in dead end jobs and why it's so messed up that we're judged for the type of job that we choose to do, period. So Kanisha, I wanted you to finish your, you were going to say something. (laughs) I didn't want to be like the odd person out when saying, I like my nine to five. (laughs) I love my job and I love the company I work for. I love the company I worked for before. Like, does it have some, um, some things sometimes that you butt heads on? Of course, what, what, uh, corporate doesn't, but, um, maybe I've just been in a spot where I haven't had like every job change or company change that I've had, like, it's been because I was advancing to something else. I've never been like, I fucking hate it here. Get me out of here. It's always been because, oh, I have this chance to do the next step or the next step. And I really like that. But I like, I definitely have my side stuff and my, and my things that I'm passionate about, but I don't think that I would see myself doing calligraphy or even some of the small DEI consulting I do or, or speaking, like some of those side things I do, I couldn't, I don't think I could see myself doing that full time. I still think I see myself working for a corporation, but I'm, I could be the odd man out. (laughs) No, because I think there's a lot, I'm glad you said that because I think there are a lot of women like you. And, and I think too, I think there's women who like it. And there's also women who don't know it's possible or think it's possible because they've never seen it. Um, what's the word, like demonstrated for them or as they were growing up or some people think they're incapable. So there's like a whole list, but I do believe there are people that really love their job. Like I'm not saying that there's not. And also I know for myself and, and a lot of people I talk to, there's, there's something about like just being able to work for yourself, to make your own hours, to sleep in when you're sick, to take care of yourself, to do all these things. And also some entrepreneurs work more hours than people who work nine to fives. And I think that sometimes people who work nine to fives are happy. Like, all right, I know that I clock out at five o'clock and I go home and then I clock back in the next morning. I know for me that that is not like, I used to sit and dream I would sit in my office and be like, oh my God, I know there's something more than this. Like there's gotta be more to life. And I think that I just, 
I've always known that I was never meant to work for somebody else. But it was like, you do this thing, you graduate from college, you go do this thing, you get this really good job, you get a job that pays good and you stay in that job and you're loyal to that job and you do all these things and this is what's socially acceptable and this is normal. This is normal. This is what everyone says to do because you get retirement and you get insurance and you get all this stuff. And majority of the time, these people are so unhappy. And that's amazing that you're not, but majority of the people, not but, and also, because I don't want to negate the fact that you are happy at your job. And also, more people than not that I speak to, and it is a lot of people, are looking for a way out. They're looking for more ways to be present in their homes, to take care of their families, to do something that they wake up every day so excited to do. And I think that is the majority of people. And I think the reason it is, is also there's so many things that play in that people are so deathly afraid of what if it doesn't work out or what if it fails and I disappoint my family and all this whole list of things, right? And it's not easy. Starting a business and running a business is not easy. It ebbs and flows. It's not a steady paycheck. And a lot of people love that steady paycheck. And it also ceiling. It's a ceiling too, like they're right. For you, Kanisha, probably here's your ceiling. Like this is what you get paid at your job. Like that's what you get to make, right? Whereas you bring in somebody who works for themselves, like myself, I can literally sit here and be like, hmm, I need this amount of money. What can I do to go make it? You know, and I know you have side stuff too. So I'm not saying, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm just like, (laughs) yeah. But a lot of people don't have that. And so I don't, I don't know that would, this would actually be a really great poll to run to like how many people, but I mean like an in-depth poll, which is like, Hey, do you love, I mean, love your nine to five job. And then do you love it? Because you don't know anything else that's possible. You know, like this whole, there's a lot of questions to be asked in this situation, but also I too truly believe that people stay in positions because they believe that other people think they are the queen or the shit or whatever the case may be, because they hold a title that is worthy of what society says is successful and acceptable and, you know, like empowering, like, oh my gosh, she's a lawyer and she's miserable. She's a nurse, but she's miserable. I think the other piece to Elizabeth for us to examine are not everybody is cut out for these entrepreneur streets. I oh mean, my God, that's so true. Uh, yeah. Everybody's not cut out. So sometimes, <laughs> and I want people to know that we're not mm-hmm. like pushing entrepreneurship because Kanisha loves no. her job. I don't hate mine, but if somebody dropped 10K on my doorstep tomorrow, I would tell them deuces, bitches. Um, (laughs) But there are ways within, it's sometimes about finding a good company, right? Like there are beginning to be more of those or finding one that meets and aligns with your values, right? And finding that and finding Mm -hmm. something you love to do. Sometimes this can be as simple, not simple as getting an additional certification to try something out. Sometimes it could be, you know, I'm constantly in my job's internal um, job postings. I may not be qualified, but let me tell you, Rachel Rogers said this, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to rock this shit. She says, enter into something like a mediocre white man, like how confident they are. They, yes. they know they don't have it, but 
They are like, I'm the shit. You're gonna hire me. You want to know why? Because I am Bob, and Bob is the shit. You need yes. me on your team. I am the shit. So I apply for stuff that I know I don't like, but you know what? I can see myself doing it, right? Because I have these skills. So I think sometimes, and to your point, Elizabeth, when you're looking at the space you're in right now, whether it's a business you have that you're not in love with anymore, whether it's a job that you're doing that just like you get up in the morning, you like fuck versus yay. If you go fuck versus yay, it is time to change mm-hmm. and start mm-hmm. looking. If you like the company you're with, start looking at internal job postings. Who cares if you don't all the way qualify? Trust me, you don't have to, nobody ever all the way qualifies. Start networking. Our connection, our mom connect event, start networking, meeting other women, people that might be able to put you on some game someplace else. You're going to have to get out of your comfort zone, whether you want to be an entrepreneur or whether you want to advance in your career. You're going to have to network. You're going to have to step outside of your comfort zone because being miserable is not an excuse. And even if, like for me, I'm going to keep my job for now. I'm always looking but I have an enough goal. I have an end game. So when we reach that end game, peace out homies. And there's a plan for that. And I'm still working my business in the background. So I have, you have to have clarity and a plan. You just can't wake up and say you're miserable and expect for the world to fall in your lap. You're going to have to take some clear action. Mm-hmm. Period. Oh. A lot of people too, all their what ifs are always negative. And I like to combat that when I talk with clients of like, but what if you're happier? What if you gain more free time? What if you gain more family time? Like, what if you get more money? Like there's, there's so many more what ifs than just all of the horrible things that we imagine are going to happen if we take whatever risk it is, whether it's in corporate, out of corporate or whatever. Well, it's and it's an interesting thing too. I kind of want to say something, to Charmaine. I th- I read something similar that was like, um, men men will apply for a job like fifty percent qualified. They'll look and be like, eh, I'm kind of qualified. I'm gonna apply. Women will be like, Hmm, I don't meet ten percent of this here, so I am not gonna apply. I'm gonna go learn how to be ten percent more qualified. And then they don't. And then they stay in the same stagnant spot and they wonder why Bob got the job. Because Bob was like, uh, baby, I'm only 50% and that's good enough. And I'll learn the rest when I get on the job. And so mm-hmm. I think that's just a crazy piece to it is like we forget that we don't have to be 100% qualified for things. Like we don't. No. But we put that on that's ourselves. That's they teach you on the job. You can't be 100% qualified because most of the stuff you're going to have to learn there anyway. So that's why I'd be applying. I yeah. don't know how to do this, but you're going to have to show me how to do it anyway. So I'm a good, I'm a fast learner. It's just your company. <laughs> how do they handle that you're a black woman? Because a lot of times as a black woman, we don't even get the chance. I don't mm. know. So I work for Intuit and on paper, and from what I've experienced inside the company, it's, I mean, this is one of the most inclusive companies that I have ever, ever worked for in my entire corporate life. Like I have never seen the amount of people at the table 
and people in different positions. Like there are so many black women in leadership. There are so many women in leadership there. Um, Like if I was going to keep working, I would definitely climb that into a ladder because the the possibilities are there. The mentorship is there. They have like groups for women, groups for people that have disabilities. Um, We looking for bookkeepers. Come on if you're looking for a job. But Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) there might be someone out there. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe not punching that nine to five. Finding a space that has what you're looking for is so important. Mm-hmm. And that might, you're going to have to kiss a couple of frogs. Not you might. You're going to have to kiss a couple of employment frogs. Um, if being in the nine to five game is what you want to do, there's no shame in that. Like, don't, whatever you want to do, don't let somebody else's shit make you feel bad. Like, okay, I love my job. I'm happy you love your job, period, hard stop. Not, but you know, entrepreneurship is so much more awesome. Or I love my business that I've started. You know, I just gotten started. I'm so excited. Oh, that's awesome. You love your business. Hard stop. Don't go, but you know, it's not a consistent paycheck and how you think you're going to pay your cardinal next month. Like, don't do that. (laughs) Just be happy for people. Let's stop it with this congratulations, but because that just negates Mm -hmm. all the congratulations. Or even just stop at like what Brooke was saying, like, oh, like just ask a question, be like, that's amazing. Like, when can we learn that? And like, I love what Brooke said, you know, kind of going on that too, where how you say something to people and like, everything is so negative. It's like, well, what if I can't feed my kids? Well, what if you can feed them now organic or like take them to Chick-fil-A? I don't know. Like, here's a, can we just talk about it? Like, come on now with the organic stuff. I, this is a whole nother podcast, but well, it, I, I'm so I, sick of it. <laughs> but most of us have not had, I had a coach, I had a therapist ask me one time, like, I'm like, oh my God, I'm afraid my family's going to starve. And she says, has there ever been a point in your life where you thought your family was going to starve? No. So what makes you think it's going to happen now? I don't know. And then it's like, but what if we're homeless? She says, have you ever been at the danger of being homeless? No. And even if I was, I could go, we can move in with my parents. Okay. So that is not a valid fear to have to be homeless and hungry because that is not something you've experienced. And I'm like, oh, snap. I blame my childhood though. Go ahead, Brooke. Sorry. (laughs) No, you're good. I was going to say, like, I think that people don't, necessarily like success for people they define it as stability and they don't view a Mm. lot of women's jobs as stable right like if you're an entrepreneur it's not stable I mean when I was talking about going out on my own um my boss at the current time was like yeah but you think you're gonna make a lot more money but you actually won't like you have to put a lot aside for taxes and I was like um, I've actually owned a business before I worked here. Like I kind of, I know how this works. Like I'm, I'm good. Like she just kept saying all the negative things that went along with it. And I was just like, I'm, I know you're pissed I'm leaving, but this is real cringy. You know, like you're all for women empowerment, but you're like, mm, actually you're kind of dumb and you have no idea what you're getting into. I was like, uh, no, I know exactly what I'm getting into. Thank you. Th- thanks. That I'm doing way better now. So, but it, people equate stability with success. And if you are under this umbrella of something corporate, this established business, then it's successful because it's stable. Mm-hmm. You have that paycheck. I'm like, 
hello, have you seen the economy since 2020? And businesses are shutting down left and right. Like that's not not true. And so how do we get rid of this mentality that, you know, having healthcare or benefits and a paycheck every two weeks, that's roughly the same number means success and means stability. That's, I feel more stable now and my income fluctuates than I did at my previous job. And also Brooke, you're not capped. Yeah. You are not, you, there is not a ceiling for you. There is a ceiling for people who work in corporate that rely on bonuses or this or that, you know, it's just like, it's so crazy to me when people think stuff like that, or when they think, cause you're an entrepreneur, oh, your husband must make a lot of money. Excuse I always go, actually, if you broke it down hourly, I make more than my spouse and I orchestrate yep. my schedule around our kid's schedule and I'm able to do that. And that's my choice. So if you want to do yeah. that, if I worked his hours, I'd make more than both of us combined. So thank you. Go sit down. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Yeah. Bye. It is true though. It's like, but it, but it is like, we get so caught up in that game, like that continuous cycle of, you know, I love even you, Charmaine, you're like, oh, well, what if you don't have, I don't have food. Why don't you just, your, your kids will not know. They'll probably be happy if you live off ramen noodles for a Girl, couple months. They would be like, oh, we win. My kids would be in heaven. Yeah. Easy Mac. My kids like, day, what have entered like, this, this house? It's amazing to eat Easy Mac <laughs> and a piece <laughs> of bread in a, in a hot dog bun. <laughs> right. So. With a little slab of peanut butter, (laughs) you know, and I don't think it's that we get so caught up in this, like, and why I said, fuck this organic stuff. I'm so sick and tired. I feel like right now, and I know this is another episode. I'm so sick of condescending fucking information out there that if you don't eat organic, you're going to fucking shrivel up and die. If you don't do this, if you don't, you know, that have woman this supplement. is walking through Whole Foods with her Botox. Like, don't even. You injected I, all of that shit in your face <laughs> while you're buying your or- organic produce. Like, let us just live. If you want to do that, go for it, girl. You look great. And also, I know. It doesn't matter. We're going to have to have a I know, and that's conversation. The- I want to exactly. know what's showing up in your algorithm. <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah, you know, I just think. Honestly, I, well, you know, I feel like more lately and it's more like people are like, if you don't eat organic, all the pesticides you're eating, but then like you said, Brooke, or how about you drive a gas car or how about all like, there's this, you fertilize your lawn, you do this. Like there's so many things that go into it. I just have been like on this. I'm so sick of information that, you know, is here's this information, then, then you should do this. And, you, you know, society is telling you all these things you should do. And I'm not going to get off on this. Yeah. Tangent. Always tell those people, give up your iPhone. If you telling me to give up my hot <sighs> no. dog, I want you to give up your iPhone. Now go have yep. a seat. Like, <laughs> they have all beef hot dogs and uncured hot. I mean, I do like uncured hot dogs, but <laughs> don't nothing beat a Coney dog with that snap. I want all the chemicals. Yep. Bring me all the heat. I- <laughs> no, absolutely not. That sounds mm-hmm. delicious, actually. <laughs> Oh, yummy. But I just think it's this, it, it really comes back to this place of like, there's where there's a will, there's a yeah. way. Like, you know, and I know we were talking about that. I know there's a couple of convert, you know, kind of things in here we're talking about, but I do really, truly believe that if we really desire it, that we can we make can it happen. Make it so, happen. so do you feel like that? 
that negative connotation then is is jealousy or like the lack of I do like jealousy would actually do it. Yeah, I do. I think that people who look down on other people's professions or say things about what they do or ask the same questions over and over knowing damn well what they do. I think it's from this place of like, I really desire to live that lifestyle, but I don't fucking know how to do it. So it's easier for me to be like, yeah, you can't actually be making money, girl. Like for real? You know, I hear, yeah, not that they said that. This, oh, how's your little business doing? Oh, yes. I got that when I was making good money. Yeah. How's your little business doing? And I'm Six like, figures. I'm, I'm clearing, <laughs> right? I'm clearing. <laughs> yeah. So I don't, it just looks different. And I think, go, oh, go ahead, Kanisha. I don't want to leave out thinking about like, of course, we're talking about like working moms and, and um, working mm-hmm. nine to five or being in entrepreneurship, but even just like giving space to those moms who, might take a couple of year break and want to be a stay at home parent and just like live that life and, and and not do like the working part, but just like take advantage for one that it's fucking insane to pay any amount of childcare. Like it's more than a house payment. So sometimes sometimes that's the only choice that someone might have to do is either the, the one parent stays at home or the other parent stays at home. But I know that we do have a lot of parents that listen to that might be stay at home parents. And, um, and that's okay too. Like, yeah. I think like there's other ways that, um, you can fulfill yourself in that space too. just making time for like hobbies that you like to do or, or educating yourself on certain topics or whatever. It doesn't have to be, um, a monetary income per se yeah. that you are getting in maybe it comes in the way of knowledge or fulfillment and another part of um like to get you to self-actualization i do think there are actual there are a large number of women that are really fulfilled with staying home yeah like they're really fulfilled with motherhood and it actually really annoys me when people like i one of the things i hate the most is when people are like yeah, I'm just a stay at home mom. Yeah. I'm like, just that's a hard job. Like that's a job, honey. That is a full time job. And they actually say, I worked with an insurance, um, for life insurance, a guy for life insurance. He was like, you know, a stay at home mom's not worth as, uh, like right now. And this was like two, three years ago is a hundred and thirty thousand mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what it is for a stay at home mom. That is not just a job that is a that is a career in itself staying home with your kids like that is not for the faintest of hearts women who truly deeply desire and enjoy it I envy I wish I did I wish I felt fulfilled with motherhood but motherhood doesn't fulfill me in that way like yes am I fulfilled you know like am I fulfilled by my children yes but it doesn't fulfill me in the way supporting women does and what it feels like to wake up every day knowing what my jobs are like who I get to serve and I think that what fulfills me is my kids being able to witness me serve people in that capacity and do something that I love and also if my kids my son or my daughters were fulfilled with being a stay-at-home parent I would say good for you like that is a hard 
job. And actually, Kanisha, you know, it's actually interesting that we're having that. I'm so glad you brought that up because if anyone feels more chastised, it is women who choose to stay home with their choose or not choose to stay home with their children. They are the most judged group of women out there where people are judging them for the choices that they make or you can't actually like to stay home with your kids. And it's like, I've, I, I know women that I'm pretty sure they literally love it. Like it fulfills their ever loving soul. They are happy being a mom. Well, and I think a lot of stay-at-home moms feel like they have to have that side hustle or pursue or create some sort of business to justify, you know, staying at home and like creating some sort of finances. And and that's not true either. If you want to do that, because yeah. sometimes your kids are napping and you want something that's just for you and you want mm-hmm. it like you're pursuing a passion cool. That's awesome. But if you're doing it because you feel like you have to like to justify your worth, that's gross. Like, don't do that. It is gross. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times stay at home moms, you know, I hear this a lot too. Well, I don't bring any money into the house. And that for me is so hard to hear because it's like, you're, you're taking care of your kids. You would have to do X, Y, and Z, right? Like you'd have to you'd pay have a babysitter, or child care. care. You'd have yeah. to pay someone to clean your house. You'd have to yes. meal prep, like mm-hmm. all the things, all yeah. of that is worth time and money. You're saving yeah. $1,500. <laughs> exactly. And it's an important least, job. Yeah, and so if, if you're a woman on here listening and you've ever looked down at a woman who chooses to stay home or not chooses, because you're right, Kanisha, there are a lot of mm-hmm. people that it's not a choice. Yeah. yeah, It's a financial decision that they had to make and leave their career or they had to do something differently. And I think that, you know, something that I do want people to take away is if you are that person that has ever judged someone in that place, like, shut the fuck up. Like, literally check yourself. Like, that bothers me so much because... I have so much empathy and compassion for women who stay home with their children because I, I'm with my kids a percentage of the day and I'm like, ah, this is hard. Like, and then you feel like a bad mom because you're not on the floor playing board games or cooking them this home cooked meal or, you know, we have macaroni and cheese tonight because I don't feel the greatest. So I'm like, yeah. we have, I ordered, I ordered pizza. Like, I just, you know why though? Because I would rather have that time after work to sit there and like play with my one-year-old on the floor and watch my boys run around and create chaos than try to be in the kitchen and yelling at them to be quiet so I can focus on a recipe that nobody's going to eat anyway. That part. No one's going to eat it. I know one. I'm not a play on the floor parent. I never have been. Like, I hate playing on the floor. I I hate it. I I sit on the floor. I sit and they play around me and crawl on me. That's what I deem (laughs) as playing on the floor with them. Does that not count? I think that counts. counts. That counts. Okay, thank you. I think it counts. That counts. Thank you. Even in this conversation, as we talk about our wonderful stay-at-home moms, from being a prior stay-at-home mom, there are still ways for you. You have to, this might be controversial. Your family is a business. You are the CEO, CFO. So you have to start thinking about yourself as a leader. So even as a stay-at-home mom, there are ways for you, my dear, to level up. Get you some John Maxwell books. Mm -hmm. Get you some leadership books because you are building nations while you have them there. This is not giving you something else to do. You're CEO. 
you, this is just from my experience, but your family is a business. And you know that because you already run it like a well-oiled machine if you're a stay-at-home mom, because there have to be systems and things in place. Just expand on that. And there are ways for you to even expand in being a stay-at-home mom. That could look like you giving the kids different. Now you're teaching your employees, your kids, your teammates, new things to do that so that you can have free time to maybe read a book or sit in the bathroom by yourself. Like it doesn't always have to be to go start a business. It could be like, literally, I taught my son how to pick up after his room and like do his laundry. So I could watch an episode of a show because he could do this stuff on his own. I didn't teach him so I could necessarily start a business. I wanted time where somebody wasn't talking to me. Yeah. You know, they were doing something else. Teaching your kids how to self-soothe and be self-contained, even as a stay-at-home mom, you do not, you are not their entertainment. You are not their Sammy Davis Jr. and Trey Songs. Teach them how to sit on their own and do their own thing so you can read a book. You don't have, again, you don't have to start a business. It could be you can sit on the porch by yourself or, you know, maybe you get them to a place where they're old enough and you can walk around the block by yourself without them. Go on a walk without your kids. But there are ways for you. This is for you too, stay-at-home moms. There are ways for you to level up. If you don't like how your household is looking, if you don't like how your parenting is looking, if it does not bring you joy anymore, just like at a job, level that shit up. There are ways to level up. Mm -hmm. Remember, stay-at-home mom, you are the HMIC, the head mom or the head parent in charge. You are the head parent in charge if you are the stay-at-home mom, which means... You get to set all the fucking rules. So if something is not working for you, speak up and change that shit. You have that power. I told my husband one day, he's like, well, I don't want to do that. You cannot afford to replace me. How about that? Ooh, yes. I gave him a list of all the things that I did and how much it would cost for him. Because he was like, I could do that. I gave him a list of everything that I did and how much it would cost for him to replace me. And I said, good luck, brother. And (laughs) after I showed him the spreadsheet... (laughs) his entire tune changed because in his mind he goes out to work every day and yes we have two different loads he has the responsibility of the money load i get that but i had the cognitive load Mm -hmm. and i had the load of keeping all that stuff together and so he didn't get the cognitive the mental load that it takes to be a stay-at-home mom like do you think light bulbs magically appear in the the bottom of the do you think that laundry detergent just is magically dropped off by the... Do you think the laundry is done by the, the laundry mm-hmm. fairy? Like, you know, this stuff it, takes planning. But it's not only that, Charmaine. Like, because he doesn't have to worry about all those other things, he can put his full energy and effort into his career, which he a lot of women... Most, yes, most women don't have that opportunity. We yeah. don't. We're, we're still Amen. doing all the things at home, even if we have a really you know, involved partner, nine times out of 10, they're being managed and given a list of things to do and tasks. So the mental load is still there. So I'm like, what could women do if we just went to work and that's all we had to think about? And we came home and the house was clean and dinner was on the table and the kids had the correct size clothes and winter jackets and they were ready to go. Like what, what could I do with my brain? That part. What could I do? I could rule the world. Yes, Brooke. Yes, Brooke. Rule the world. I could take Say a it again. Nap. How about that? <laughs> I love that. 
There's definitely, there's definitely so many, it's so true. There's so many pieces. And I think that being able to touch on, you know, all of them and the women that feel so unseen and the decisions that they make and the life that they choose to live because somebody doesn't see it as acceptable or socially acceptable or good enough or cool enough or profitable enough just makes me infuriated. And so I think at the end of the day, I think that's the biggest thing, you know, being able to sit back and ask ask yourself that question. Do you do that to other people? First and foremost, yeah. are you someone who's like, mm. <laughs> mm. her job's not that good. <laughs> are you somebody that looks down on, you know, like, are you looking down on yourself at your own job and what you choose to do? You know? So I think that's also another piece to look at, right? Like that's another big piece to look at. So I think we just, we, we want to want you to know that we come from all different backgrounds, see things all so differently. And, you know, like I can never imagine working for somebody ever again in my whole entire life. I let my credentials lapse because I didn't want that crutch anymore because I think it held me back having my crutch, having that and knowing that, oh, I could just go get a job back in the hospital again. I still have my license. Like I can just go back and do it. And when I let that lapse, it was the most freeing thing ever because I'm like, oh, no, you can't because I'm not taking those boards again. Mm-mm-mm. No, <laughs> no, I am not. They were said no, they are hard enough you. the first time. I, I am not. Yeah, I'm not doing them again. Mm-mm. Nope. So I think that that's something is, you know, really, really, we just wanted you to feel so seen in this, right? And no matter what you choose, because... I think it's cool no matter what a woman chooses. I love my friends that work in corporate. I love my stay-at-home mom friends. I love my friends who are entrepreneurs and they're all equally beautiful and extremely hard in their own way. And so I think that that's kind of the thing here. What can we do differently in society to empower one another in our decisions? Whether we choose them or we think we have to or we enjoy them. (laughs) I think that's another big part. But thank you guys for being here for another episode. And do not forget to pop in and tell us what you want us to talk about. And you never know, maybe we'll bring you on to an episode, but it is really important to us that we also get your feedback because there's so many topics right now going around that need to be talked about, but we want to talk about what you want to talk about. So make sure you send us a DM, reach out to us over on Detroit Mom or any of our personals, check the show notes and just just hop into our DMs. That's what they're there for. And thanks again for listening and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye, Bye everyone. <laughs>